0: are now, are now listening, listening, to listening to The War Report, Wednesday, Wednesday Night, night. War, war. Rroom. 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 With, your host, with your host, Caesar, Caesar
1: Walker. Walk. It's Walker. your boy, Caesar Walker. I got my boys with me.
0: Mike, Mike G. G. G.
1: Get your weight up, strength and conditioning, development.
0: Ike Jones.
1: Stop thinking with your emotions and watch the
0: tape. And being be real. real. Which is not normal for me. It's taking something out of me special
1: it's guests, X. X. J. J. J, G, G. Tate. Tate. Let's go. Listen, before we get started, man, listen, my grandmother told me that people don't have to do nothing for you. And the whole purpose of that lesson was when people actually do something for you, you thank them. And I know yeah. you are a busy man. You got plenty of places you could be. We, I want to be the first of the War Report family to thank you for coming on and talking with us, man. Appreciate that.
2: Man, for sure. Uh, I, just, I love the show that you guys have. It took me two, almost three years to get a show that, that made sense, that like worked. And mm-hmm. you guys show up. And you're, like, ready to go right out of the box, man. Oh, I'm so far man. ahead of me. And, <laughs> and I, I'm just fired up, man. You guys do a good job. and I love the concise way you guys go about it. It's not hokey and stupid. It's smart. Well, man, like. well you
3: know, uh, the war report was actually birthed out of a random house party and some whiskey. So, like... Yeah, oh, there we I go. The that's how we art. got started. There that's we go. how we got
4: started. So. <laughs> that's good stuff. Good stuff. Everybody keeps asking what you're drinking tonight. Now we already kind of talked about this off air, but you know, I guess we got. That's the thing that you do is you introduce a drink to people or something. Yeah,
2: usually when I'm on my show, I have a, a bourbon of the night. Which last night when we did a show was this Rebel Yell a Distiller's Collection. I still have it up here in the studio, so uh, might as well keep drinking. I, it. I don't know. It's delicious. It's about Thirty bucks at the ABC here in
4: Alabama. I you like know, the I just, idea of a bourbon of the night. I need to do that. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. You
2: can branch yeah, out for yeah.
4: bourbons too, because man, <laughs> we've done about 70 shows. I'm starting to run a little thin. You know what I mean? <laughs> Listen, there's nothing like just refreshing it. You might somebody might might have missed one or whatever. Uh we got a new member in the house, man. Appreciate Joe G for turning Yo, in. g's on the show. G, G, man. We got Joe, JG. Man.
1: There's a new Joe G. We got Mike G. Mike G. Yeah. yeah. I know, man. The, where
4: well,
1: where are the wheels? Wheels, where are y'all at? <laughs> <laughs> So so just just initial thoughts man as we wrap up signing day what what are your initial thoughts about the signing class Jay? well
2: you mentioned earlier i mean six guys signed today um, it's weird to think that in a february signing period when we used to have 24 23 25 right. Right. heck back, man, now what 10 years ago they would oversign uh, i remember tub had like 30 at one time and here we are with six man the world has changed a lot uh when Muschamp was here the first time as defensive coordinator i think this was 06 this was back when early commits were kind of just coming along. And mm-hmm. he told me, this is back, I think, uh, maybe Brad Lester might have been the guy to commit early. He's one of the first really early commits. And he said, this is going to be the new gig. And little did he know, it would be signees. I mean, we had no idea at the time that you would start signing in December. But right. he was right about how the, the, the recruiting schedule was going to get moved up and moved up and moved up. And, and it has changed so much since, since 2006. And heck, in the last two years, just with the early signing period, it's changed it so much. There's almost no
3: drama. Right. Uh, right. Now yeah. 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 Well, well, you know, JT, you you mentioned Brad Lester. We're actually bringing him on the show to do a player interview. <laughs> so uh, Brad's coming on to talk to us about uh, some of the work. You be giving away so the stuff too early, Yeah. I, man. yeah. And um, we, we are, um, you know, f- for me, I asked a question that I want to ask you about, you know, uh, Trent, players hitting the transfer portal and then how thin this signing class is. And I just wondered is it that Harston is an unknown and kids aren't buying what he's putting down, including the guys on our team or like, you know, I mean, what do you think is, is at the crux of this kind of exodus of players mixed with the failure to kind of bring in, you know, you know, numbers in this class?
2: Yeah. I, nothing about this is really surprising to me, I guess, because they, they moved Gus out a little bit late, I thought. Hmm. Uh, and then they went, this whole search was just an absolute, uh, I've never seen anything like it and I've been covering Auburn for 22 years now I guess and I I thought I'd seen it all until this last search it was crazy. It's like you had the real search and then you had like this parallel search. Yeah. That people thought was real but it actually wasn't. A uh, very strange situation. And so Harson doesn't even get going until the end of December and the class was already not going well. I mean even when uh, Gus was here. So it's like Harson's got to pick up the pace from a bad class anyway. Uh, Jeffrey Lee was saying yesterday, uh, our recruiting ace at auburnsports.com, that like 140 of the rival's top 150 players were already signed. Right. So I mean, it's not like Carson, go out there and unearth some five-star gems. They're gone. They're not off the board. So I, I think it was a tough situation. At this point, you just try to take kids that have some upside. And maybe later down the road, attrition might end up having a bigger impact on this particular class. But you've got to assume they're going to be better next year and the next year and the next year. and And
1: it happens. Can yeah. we talk about that? Because I think a lot of people aren't even aware that this coaching staff is actually behind in terms of 2022 recruiting. Right. You, they do have a full year, but the competition, the Georgias, the LSUs, the Alabamas, they've been recruiting some of these top kids for at least two years. So in your opinion, man, what what can this coaching staff do? Of course, you can put a good product on the field. That helps. But what do you think they can do to start making up ground? They just got to have
2: those uh, those relationships, man. You got to build them. I mean, Zach Etheridge has got to go out there and do that. Cornelius has got to go out there and do that. Schmetting's got to right. go out there and do that. They got to get in there, and they've got to be somebody that these kids remember and somebody these kids right. trust. I think it's going to be tough because Harson is just not a known quantity. I mean, he's right. been in Boise. He coached a couple years at Texas, but, man, that was a long time ago. I just think that kids in Georgia and Florida and Alabama and Louisiana, they don't know him, and so it's just going to take time to try to get to know him. I think that he is going to be a better head coach recruiter than we've seen maybe at at Auburn since die. His Tommy was so, so and Chiswick was not very good and Gus was not very good. So I think Harson is a guy who can go into a home and kind of charm these folks in a right. way that the other head coaches can. I mean, Gus just didn't have that. There's no doubt. I mean, I like to go to Waffle Wild.
5: <laughs> he goes a little <laughs> bit better than
2: that for Harson. So I think he's got, I think he's got some ability. I really do. But man, like you mentioned, so much inertia for, for Sabin, for Kirby Smart, for yeah. the Cajun Cookie Monster. I mean, those kids know that guy, you know? <laughs> you gotta fight that you gotta fight in.
3: Well, it's interesting that you say that about going into a kid's home, right? Uh, we had Courtney Taylor on the show uh for an interview, and you know, he's training kids now, as oh, yeah. as are a lot of former players uh from the Tupperville era. And he told us a story about a kid named Emeka Egbuka, who is the number one wide receiver. Uh, recruit in the class of 2021. Uh, two years, I mean, the short story is two years ago, he called Cody Burns and said, hey, I got this kid. He's going to be the next big thing, right? Didn't get a call back when he did talk to him. Cody was like, ah, we don't usually recruit the Northwest. Um, and then we ended up offering the, the guy. Uh, and But we had no chance with him because we didn't start forming that relationship that you talked about. Two years ago when we had the inside scoop on him. Right. So, you know, um, Harson talked about a lot of different things. Um, So it's interesting to hear you say that, you know, he may be a little bit better at making these connections with recruits. Um, But what is your general feeling about how this staff is going to recruit? I mean, uh, they didn't retain Travis Williams. A lot of us were disappointed with that you know, I think it hurt us in recruiting near the end of this recruiting cycle. Um, but do do you get the, the feeling that this staff as a whole is, they're going to be good recruiters?
2: Well, I, there's one thing I want to mention T will, I mean, I've known him since he was a player, uh, a young Mm -hmm. player coming out of Columbia, South Carolina. It did hurt him a lot. And Trevin Wallace, who was like the the crown jewel of Kentucky's recruiting class. That's Auburn's guy. I mean, if T. will stays, uh, that's a slam dunk. Auburn's got him straight away. So there you go. There's one you lose right there. Um, no, I think the staff can be good. I believe I really like Zach Etheridge. I've been following him ever since he left Auburn as a player, and it, I just right. have a very high opinion of him. Uh, the guy that intrigues me the most is probably Cornelius Williams, and I'll tell you why. I think Auburn, the last five to ten years, has done a very poor job of recruiting the state and mm. Phoenix City. Uh, they've lost some kids out of Phoenix City that they should yeah, never have lost. Absolutely. That's my hometown.
3: That's my hometown. And,
2: yeah, there's really good players there, really good talent. Yeah. And Cornelius is a guy who's from Birmingham, played at Hoover. He recruited the state for Troy for a number of years. I'm hoping that he can go in there and kind of start fighting harder for the kids in this state and not concede everything to Alabama. I just felt mm. like at times, and it really stung me, the auburn Like area. There's some good yeah, players that right. leave in that area. right? Right. And I think this this staff is going to pay more attention to recruiting the kids at home and the slam dunk guys, like you mentioned. The kid like Courtney Taylor was talking about, Jonah Williams. Uh, who ended up being a first-round pick from Alabama, dude, he was begging to come here. His really? parents brought him here from Folsom, California, wow. on their own dime because they liked Auburn and wanted him to see Auburn.
1: Huh?
2: And J.D. Wow. said, eh, I don't really like him that much. And kind of pushed him away. And wow. I, If you get slam dunk kids like that, you got to take them. You got to take them. You got you to right. at least bring him right. in and really vet him instead of just saying, no, nah, I'm good. And of course, he ended up being a four year starter or a three year starter, whatever, an NFL stud. So,
1: remember yes. this guy, JG at the bottom, Justin mm. Ross?
2: Oh, there's one out of uh, Phoenix City for sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that for was a sure. tough one. I mean, you go to Clemson to be a starter. Eh,
1: you know, uh, yeah. Uh, no. What What are your thoughts about uh, Nick Eason?
2: Oh, I love him. I mean, I, I don't know him personally, but I have a good friend of mine who covers the Bengals. And long before he ever got hired at Auburn, he this guy would talk to me about how cool Nick Eason was. So, he was kind of on my radar and I'm, I'm fired up about him being here. He's going to really connect with kids in a way. I, I like Rodney, Rodney Garner. Very old school approach to coaching that I think mm. rubbed a lot of kids the wrong way, these yeah, new kids. Yeah. Right. And we can say, oh, they're not tough enough or whatever. I, well, yeah, that's a matter of opinion. I think Nick Easton's a different deal, man. I think he's going to be a player's coach, and I think there's not going to be a lot of friction except when they're messing up. I think they're going to really like him, and I think it's going to help them recruit better at that position.
3: Well, you know, right. Rocker had a he had a reputation as a lazy recruiter, right? Great oh, I, don't like
2: la- I don't like lazy. I don't I don't like that word, but
3: G- yeah, like I mean, maybe not giving his, his all yeah, not giving his all on the recruiting trail. So, not his passion. Yeah, you know, we were seeing yeah. Easton mm-hmm. as, as possibly a uh an upgrade um in some I, way. I just think
4: that what what people forget about Tracy Rocker, and the same thing goes with Garner, is he's just older, right? So he doesn't want to take all these trips out to see these kids. Like he just wants to coach. And that was one. I think that's the reason why the NFL was such an appeal for him. It's just like, I just want to coach. Right. Like I want to travel with the team if we have to travel. I just want to coach like I don't want to go take recruiting trips and I don't want to go like bring me the kids that you want me to coach up. I'll coach him up. And He almost, um, you know, seems to have this thing about him where he's like, listen, if the kids got talent, you bring him here. I don't care what star ratings on him. I'm going to make him a, a star. Right. And so he didn't care about going out and doing all of that stuff Um, just because it wasn't like you said, like uh, the word that you use, J.G., was passion. He just, it's not his passion. His passion is right. coaching. So he wants to coach, right? Recruiting is not the passion for him. So right. it is what it is.
2: Player development is his thing, and and exactly. I think that's what Harson was thinking about when he hired him. He said, "Hey, right. we got he, eight, seven or eight really good recruiters. I can live with one guy who's not into it, yeah. but he's going to be a great developer of players at a very important position."
4: Yeah, right. and I think he sees the same thing in Nick Eason, right? I, I don't like. It's yet to be seen whether Nick Eason. He says that he's he's fired up about getting out there, but like. Yeah, you can be fired up about it until you have to actually go and do it, and it's like, <laughs> all right, I don't really enjoy this as much as I thought I was going to. Just let me right. go coach kids and get them ready.
2: Played um, the NFL, so, won right. a Super Bowl. Uh, they got two Super Bowl winners now with Kendall Simmons, also a Super Bowl winner with the with the uh, Steelers. So that's right. and he's going to be he's retained, so he's going to be working with the offensive line at Auburn. So you've got two guys on the line there that have a lot of experience doing that at the highest level. That's it's a big plus.
4: Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. Definitely.
1: So JG, what what? what recruit uh or which which guy who signed today who stands
4: out the most to you which
1: which guy or even, has even you... in the
4: early signing period you don't have to necessarily just right. talk about today but like just guys that hey this was a home run uh, recruit who are you most us. excited about
2: i'm a big believer in demetrius davis um, yes some people are some people aren't let's go <laughs> <laughs> Woo! there's a well, lot of things that in my bones <laughs> yeah, you liking him, huh?
1: Yeah, I, I felt that in my bones. JG, he just, he just he doesn't, doesn't like him. the alternative. That's what he hates <laughs> the alternative. Oh, no, no, is, no, 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 no. no, no he, he's he's legitimately he, excited he, about
3: Davis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'll, I'll let JG say his piece and then I'll go on, <laughs> go on. About that.
2: Yeah, it doesn't go real deep, but I mean, I think he's an exciting player. He, he won a lot, and his uh, affinity for Auburn cannot be questioned. Uh, he had a chance to leave and, and back yeah. out of that commitment, and he yeah, said, man. "No, I'm going to Auburn."
4: Right, I That's like the same that thing I feel him. about Tavares Davis. If I was going to pick somebody, it would be him, just because he, he had every opportunity to go somewhere else. Not Davis. Um, what's his Dawson. name? Dawson. Dawson. Yeah, uh, he had every opportunity to go somewhere else, and he was just like, "Nah, Auburn's where I want to be." And uh, he, he he still signed. So, but yeah, mm-hmm. uh, go ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt.
2: No, that, no it's... problem. I, I think Dede's going to be a. He's got a chance to be, you know, a lot like Malik was, and Malik had just, you know, taken it as seriously as I wish he would have. He could have been that guy and been a stud here, but he just Mm -hmm. didn't take it seriously. And I was glad to see when he went to Liberty and he did take it seriously. And he's been a heck of a player. He has said in interviews, I should have taken it more seriously when I was at Auburn. I just, I know DD ain't going to have that issue. He's in here, man.
3: How much of that though, do you put on the previous coaching staff? Because it seemed like, (laughs) it seemed like there were some patterns there. And I'll tell you why I'm excited about Demetrius Davis, right? Like this kid his highlight tape, you know, a lot of people watch highlight tapes and they focus on the end results of the play. Uh-huh. I'm watching the fundamentals. You know, you completed a pass. Great. You know, how did you get there? You know, did he set his feet? Right. Did he have good pocket presence? And his tape is as solid a tape as I've seen in quite some time for a dual threat quarterback. He does almost everything well. And he's, he's over 70 percent completion percentage. But when you watch his fundamentals, it's not hard to see why. He completes seventy percent of his passes. Now, at the alternative, right, the guy that we do have came in with a fifty-seven percent completion percentage, and when you watch his tape, he does a lot of the same things in in high school uh, that he did in high school in college. And uh, we had we have an interview that that we're dropping uh, with former Gus protege Chris Todd, and
4: we asked him a question. Yeah, I say is we can say it now because it's yeah. the yeah. next it's, interview. That's yeah, happened, <laughs> yeah, so. right.
3: Yeah, we 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 talked to Chris, and we're like, Chris, what do you see? Because he's actually working with kids as well, too. And he said, you know, Mike, we don't do a lot with throwing motion. We primarily focus on footwork with a lot of these kids. So in asking, I'm like, well, how can everybody see this, but then he still has all these issues after two years with his footwork? And he just, he was stumped. He didn't have an answer. He just looked at me and said, I can't tell you why they didn't fix it. So I mean, what is your what is your general feeling in terms of development? Right. Because that's something we beat over. I listeners' to his head on this show. Right. Yeah. You know, you can recruit all the stars you want, but if you can't develop a kid, you know, you know, what good is it going to do you? And you're talking specifically about Bo, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, well, all, everybody now, I mean, we got a new coaching staff. So I, I think that uh, this is probably one of the best things that could have happened for Bo. I agree with you completely
2: on that now. Uh, I don't. I didn't think that Gus really at any point developed quarterbacks very well. Um, you can make the argument that Nick... I thought Nick got better, but I knew Nick pretty well, and I just think he had a real thirst for wanting to get better. I, that's yeah. just kind now, of my Nick, thing. Nick
4: just worked hard. He was a hard yes.
2: worker. He was right. a hard worker when he's yeah. ready to go. I mean, when he's playing football, he is uh, A lot of fun off the field. But
1: uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah
2: I, I myself, I expected more from Bo last year. I did. I I, I think Mike G's with me on that. I mean, and, and I thought... A long time ago, uh, Noel Mazzoni, he was offensive coordinator with Tuberville years ago, 10 years ago, no, 20 years ago now, mm-hmm. uh, always mm-hmm. said, if a kid feels the rush, I can't fix that. That's something a right. kid can either do or he can't do. And sometimes I started wondering if Bo can process things and, and kind of knock out the rush and not think about it mentally because he started freaking out a little bit this year, Right. You know, last year, I thought he got better. His first year, his freshman year, he got a little bit better at stepping up the pocket as the season went on. And I thought, okay, here we go. This year, this last year, I don't know, man. He was getting, he was starting to flee a little bit again. And he was getting a little anxious back there. And, and we can talk about the footwork and all that. And I didn't think it was perfect either, but it just made me wonder if he can actually process things without worrying about the rush. That's something that would concern me. Yeah, I think Bobo is going to be a great guy for him though.
3: Right. You know, I put a lot of Bo's ailments on coaching. Personally, I, I don't think I, I'm I'm in the in the club that thinks that coaches and institutions do not take enough of the blame when players don't pan out. We just end up slamming the player. Um, but uh, I am going on record as saying this. Now, Demetrius Davis will push everybody in that quarterback room for that starting job this spring. Right. I don't think anybody's job is safe under Harson, but I really do think that he'll he'll push for the starting job this spring. I certain. think I,
2: they'd love to see it, man. I mean, they want more competition. I would love
4: to see it too. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. We all. all right. we. No. So, so let's talk a little bit more about today or or, or the the recruiting class that we've got. And uh, you know, we've talked about the 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 one that you were most excited about. Let's talk about somebody who uh, we we, you know, we already talked about. Kind of the miss that we had from not having T. Will here, but like, what's a what's a that, obvious? Bernie. You know, Bernie. man, we we have to fill this hole. Uh, coming up here between now and, you know, however, they're going to feel it. Right.
2: I don't see a solution to left tackle right now I mean, I don't and they got to have one. I mean right. To me, that's the difference between this offense being pretty good next year and this offense being bad next year is a left tackle And I, I don't I don't see one on the roster hmm. I think they can kind of reallocate resources and be pretty good at center and both guard spots and right tackle if austin Troxel's Okay I'm thinking maybe him and, and Brendan Coffey can go at it over there at right tackle and somebody kind of rise above. But at left tackle, see, I think Alec Jackson needs to play left guard and hmm, maybe challenge. Yeah, guard, I think he's a guard. Sure. I really do. He's and definitely a guard. I think he's got good power, man. I think, you know, because he didn't, he didn't grade out well last year. And then he got hurt. So a lot of people are down on him. But I think he would be better. You know, if, if Geno James was playing tackle, I don't know. But at guard, man, he was really good. Right. Made a lot right. of money doing it, too. Uh, I think Alec can make money doing that, too, but they need a left tackle, and I, there's just not one there. I mean, they're going to have to go manufacture one somewhere.
3: It, now, it's it it occurs to me, though, that we are actually like an injury away from everybody having to shift and play out of their natural positions. That's what it feels like, right, like in terms of depth. Um, yeah. You know, it, 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 we get an injury right at left tackle. Now, all of a sudden, we're putting together a makeshift line where people have to play – out of their natural positions, you know, and and that's something that I've been kind of bemoaning in terms of development. It seemed like we're one deep at most of the critical positions on the line. So I, I agree completely about, about left tackle.
1: Yeah the the way they've not P, handled personnel. Up? Shout out to Coach P.
3: Thanks. Uh, for
2: also shout out to Vernon Speaks. Uh, yeah. yeah,
3: yeah,
2: he's hey. he's huge. Um, yeah, he's been on my show too. He's he's awesome. Um, the the. the personnel allocations at, at offensive line have been unbelievable i mean they, they, they signed a kid today colby smith he's the first high school offensive lineman to sign with auburn since 2017
0: amazing yeah. right. it's
2: impossible i mean it, it's just it's almost like you have to do that you have to mess that up i mean you can't just accidentally mess that up right
1: right, right. And and you, I, does he project does he project as a right tackle or a left do you know where he'll probably what do you I was think he will probably end up
2: i was thinking right but We'll have to see. Again, that, that begs the question, wh- where's your left tackle coming from? Is he at Lehigh yeah. right
0: now? Is he at UMass right now? I, I, don't, I don't know. They're going to have to find somebody. Well, with that, Jay, so I wanted to jump in here because, like you said, we haven't signed a true tackle since 2017. With, high school. With, yes, right. It's right out of high school, yeah. So with your proximity to the program, you see what's happening. What were the weaknesses? What was it, the dynamic, that kept Gus's administration from being able to To go to a high school and say, listen, we need you. You're a great left tackle. We know everybody else wants you, but we want you to come here and actually be able to land the guy. Just uh,
2: the situation, offensive line coaching. I think that's honestly what it comes down to. I mean, Herb Hand had some very strange assessments. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. JB. I I like the guy a lot, but, you know, proofs in the pudding.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, Friend being down on the plains now is going to be a huge asset huge. to that. Uh, he, he evaluates talent better than than a lot of guys, uh, you know, at the offensive line specifically. But uh, I think he's going to be a, a great—he's already a great recruiter, um, and he's a good developer of talent as well. I'm, yeah, I'm plus recruiter. looking forward to that.
2: They haven't had a plus recruiter in offensive line since uh Nall, maybe. Was it, was it... Oh, Jeff okay. Grimes. Yeah,
4: Jeff,
2: Jeff Grimes. Grimes. I was, was thinking Jeff Grimes. Yeah, he's good. Hmm. Wow, that's a long time ago, man. I mean, yeah. and in this yeah. league, you better have something <laughs> in offensive line, man, because D.D. or whoever it's going to be, they're not going to thrive with the, this patchwork line business.
1: It's just, right. It's, right. Well, and, and that brings me to that just brings me to the position behind the quarterback, behind the O-line running back. Um, mm. As it currently stands, we have three scholarship. Well, yeah, three scholarship running yeah. backs when you count the movement of a uh, devin uh, barrett uh back to running back position apparently uh the kid uh from mississippi will announce um it's believed he'll be for for auburn yeah what are your thoughts on auburn going into the season with this running back depth
2: well i'm a big tank fan i mean i bet you guys are as well i I think he's a hell of a player um one of the best i've ever seen i mean he's he's a carnell ronnie level kid in my in my mind uh He's, a, he's more like, a, to me, he's a better Ronnie almost. I liked Carnell, he, you know, he's kind of a dancer more so mm-hmm. um, and Ronnie was a straight to the point kind of guy and Tank, Tank definitely brings the pain to the collision, so I love that about him, um, but you need more than one in this league, even as mm-hmm. tough as I think Tank is. Uh, so you still got uh, V.A. Blazin' uh, Mighty Mouse is ready to go <laughs> yeah, He's kind of a guy that different people see different things with him, you know, I, I don't think yeah. he's a number one and right. I don't think he's Ontario McCaleb. He's something different.
4: Nah. Yeah, he's definitely a hire. And I don't, th- I don't think Gus knew how to use him properly. Like, he was trying to do the speed suite stuff with him, and he right. And they were trying to figure out whether or not he could be a feature back early in the season um, between the tackles. I just don't know if they knew a way to deploy him yeah. properly.
2: Like, they wanted him to be agile, and he wasn't. Right. He's a straight line straight guy. Line. Yeah. Straight, straight line. Straight line. Right. And right. so it's kind of hard to get somebody, if you're going to be a tailback, just in a straight line. I, I mean, you, just, you just can't hardly really do it i guess camp petway did it but he was super super big and really <laughs> yeah. brought a lot of punch and, and i mean mighty mouse always is tougher hurt. what he is
1: but
3: yeah and always hurt <laughs> well, Yeah, that's
2: true too yeah, yeah yeah
3: and always hurt because of strength and conditioning here we go so, come on Mike. <laughs> <laughs>
4: <laughs> now now listen. somebody said it in the comments already uh, they were I'm waiting a, for you to I'm mention a, it like
1: jay i'm <laughs> yeah. a, I'm a I'm a there, Kevin Yoxel no, guy. I'm, I'm made this by serious
4: Yox. though. during the season, during the season, I need y'all, we're going to have to play like a, some sort of drinking game every time that Mike <laughs> mentions strength and conditioning. Like you have to take a shot or something. Like we won't make it through a whole episode, but it's yeah. got to happen at some point during the when, season. When we get J- a drink G- of the wanna show. You may want to sit that game out. So yeah. Sit that game out. <laughs> when we get a drink of the show,
0: we're going to drink that drink every time. Number one, Mike brings up strength and condition. Number two, every time a question that's not about Bo Nix's play comes back to Bo
4: Nix's play. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're do. Facts, big facts.
1: Um, oh my
3: goodness! Listen, I, 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 I'm excited to see. You know, with all the additions to the uh, the coaching staff, I'm excited about our strength and conditioning because for these guys that are coming in, you know, their development will um, will largely depend on their ability to establish a firm foundation in the weight room first. Right? I think it gets overlooked by a lot of fans. I, I, I personally, based on the results on the field and the and what seemed like chronic injuries felt like we may have been lacking in that area um but when you get kids like lee hunter and demetrius davis in, you know having a competent strength and conditioning coach is is key you're not going to be able to do a lot with these guys if they can't get their weight up so like i'm um i uh I, i'm really excited and especially for the offensive line guys too man Yax used to do some interesting things in that weight room with his guys but he always had everybody
4: prepared and he produced a lot of first round draft picks Yo, what's up? This your man Ike Jones with the War Report, and you've been listening to the War Report Wednesday night War Room. If you want to get in on the conversation early? Catch us as we broadcast this show live on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central on YouTube. Make sure you check out our other content while you're there. Facts and all, the weekend tailgate, our player interview series, building rapport, are going strong. All right, enough of that. Let's get back to the show.
3: You know, so, uh, uh, yeah. Anyway, I'll get off my soapbox about it. I just, I just wanted to make sure. I was, like, I was waiting sure. for the question.
0: So the question just, from that rant
3: would be, <laughs> can Bo Nix lift enough weights
0: to get his footwork right? That's, go ahead and ask him, bro. Then Bo Nix never got hurt. What, he, what
4: does he need more strength and conditioning to do? Hey, yeah. You know. That dude Listen. never got hurt. He was a freaking tank, man. Bo he got got perfect- his name should be t- uh, Little Tank Nix.
2: Uh, yeah i got the perfect uh, Allen Iverson soundbite for that because he said, if I get all swole and big and strong, y'all going to give me that MVP award, right? Like,
5: exactly. <laughs> yeah,
2: it ain't all about strength, man. I, I do yeah. want to say, Ryan Russell, the, the former strength and conditioning coach, is a friend of mine, so I'm going to, you know, all biases aside, he worked at the behest of the head coach. Hmm. So if the head coach, if, if, if right. Ryan says, hey, right. man, I think these offensive linemen need to be 30 pounds heavier and bigger here, and if Gus goes, no, I need them to be able to pull faster than I <laughs> <laughs> then he, he's working for that man, so right. he does what that man tells him to do. Right. I, I really believe Ryan Russell could have made him uh, bigger. He's just yeah. working I mean, for somebody. He, else.
1: he 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 learned under Yox, so he he knew his stuff. But right. to your point, he had to do just like anyone on a job. You got to do what your boss tells you to do.
2: Look, I'm a big Yachts guy myself. I lost 115 pounds with Yox kind of keeping an eye on me and, and lead me along. So oh, wow. I love Kevin Yoxel and I'll go to the grave telling, saying that how much that guy changed my life. I'm probably alive today because of him. So, Oh, wow, uh, I love Yox, but I like Ryan Russell too. Again, he's just, he's working for somebody, you know,
3: it's weird that you say that because I'm almost dead because of Yoxel. <laughs> <laughs> i uh i attempted a few of his workouts and uh it didn't go so well for no, me in he, college, brings but yeah, he brings it down
1: definitely
3: hey mitchell war eagle shout mitchell. out to gregory
1: yeah. lawrence as well thanks yeah. thank you thank Yo, you so
4: um back to the recruiting classroom today are there any like low star recruits like because we sometimes we get fascinated in the star right the star ranking beside somebody's name like somebody who's a three-star maybe that you see and you're like, okay, this guy can be a contributor and I really kind of like what I saw from them.
2: I probably Juwan, I like Juwan Gaston is probably the guy. Now, I'm a Montgomery guy. I live in Montgomery. I've been here 20-something years, so when I when there's a kid coming from Montgomery, I, I got a connection to him. Um, Daniel Thomas, who was playing what? graduated a year ago, I think. Right. i uh, playing with the Jags now. Um, similar kid, uh, although he played at Lee. Uh, this young man, uh, Gaston, is from Carver. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think he's a guy that can step up, you know, special teams guy for sure. Maybe he can end up being kind of a Daniel Thomas guy uh, on the back end, too. I, I, I like kids like that who have to fight their way in the defensive backfield. When I was getting started on this beat, a guy named Adley Trone did that. It just seems mm-hmm. like Auburn's a place where you can get a couple kids. Roderick Hood was another one back in those days. Hood, yeah. Came on as a walk-on, ended up being a really dang good player. So I feel like that's a good position uh, for people, and he'll be working with Etheridge, who I think a lot of, so and, and Mason, of course, too. So I think he'd be the one to watch.
1: Do you think we finally found a punt return specialist or kick return specialist in this kid? Because he, he was tearing it up. Mm, we'll see. We'll see?
2: Okay. Yeah, we'll see on that yeah. one. I don't like big predictions on that one.
1: I don't like
0: Tank being back there. That, that scares no, the hell yeah, out of me. Honestly, nah. yeah, I know what you mean by that. I yeah. think that's.
4: I think. we have. We've got enough kids that played wide receiver. Um, you know what's the uh the kid that uh Jartavius Turr, Jar- Jar- not Jar- 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 uh, uh, Johnson various Johnson thank you mm-hmm. um that didn't get a lot of playing time that right. you can get back there um, I mean Hal Presley the young kid that's coming yeah, out Hal. there's uh yeah. um, Malcolm uh that he, he set out last year I can't think of his last name right now no first uh, name's
2: yeah from Virginia
4: um yeah Malcolm Johnson Johnson, thank you. Malcolm Johnson Jr. I think there's enough kids that are in that uh, wide receiver room that, I mean, you can't put but four of them on the field at a time. Put one of them back there and let them return. Puns. Most of those kids did that in high school anyway. That's the thing that frustrated me the most about Gus is he wanted to reuse some of the same people doing, like, why did you have Tank returning kickoffs, right? Like, you've got a ton of other talented people on your squad. Right. Um, what's the kid that transferred um, that I used to talk about all the time that... um he was from Florida. Oh, I Gosh. can picture. I can't think of his name. He yeah. trans. He entered the portal this year too. He just entered the portal. Yeah. Um. But I, I hated the fact that he couldn't return points because I, I felt oh, like he Matthew Hill. Dy- Matthew, Matthew Hill, Hill. Thank you. Yeah. From
2: uh, outside of Atlanta.
4: Yeah. I, I just got frustrated with yeah. like seeing him as a dynamic athlete, but never seeing him actually get into the game. Why not put him back there and well, return kicks? Well, yeah. Like I just don't understand stuff.
2: Because like Gus didn't trust him.
4: I, I mean clearly but i just don't he's a dynamic athlete let him go out there and make a play for you you did you he would tried everybody but him i just didn't get that um but whatever um but yeah we're in here right now jg tate man appreciate you taking a little time with us tonight i'm gonna let the fans get in here and get some questions uh if they have any for you tonight about the uh um about hey, recruiting one thing before National we Sign- get there
2: though uh as far as the guys that signed today A-Ku Le- lake Aku Leota. Uh, the defensive end from Northwestern, I think yeah, that's yeah. going to be your diamond in the rough right there. I mean, he's not really that rough.
4: Okay,
2: Yeah, he's been he only playing.
4: played eight games, but he had four sacks. Right? Yeah, like,
2: he led them in sacks.
4: That's crazy to me that he so, was uh, not even a full season's worth of stuff, but he had more sacks than anybody on our team last year.
2: I think he can come in and help right away, man. I don't know if he's like super good, but he's going to be at least solid. And that's, yeah. that's, that's a plus.
4: Yeah, so agreed. definitely looking forward to seeing what he's going to do. Uh, edge rusher has been an issue for us for a few seasons. Um, so someone who's just kind of a natural guy that gets after the quarterback, sets the edge, is something we've needed on this team for a while.
2: Yeah, agreed. Let's
4: see Somebody seeing. saying, uh, someone while, while asked we're waiting someone, on some questions here, hold someone on. Someone said just...
1: something about, what about but what about tight ends
4: let me let me say this really quickly um if you are still here (laughs) tuning in with us thank you so much make sure you're smashing the like button for us um subscribing to the channel does a lot of beautiful things for us it keeps us uh energized number one but number two it lets us get more opportunities to have great conversations with people about wonderful things involving Auburn. so you guys make sure that you subscribe to the channel um jg is over at auburn sports um is that that's the youtube channel right auburn sports uh yeah, James
2: I mean you name? you yeah you can you can find me just look me up JG Tate.
4: yeah just look him up he's you Google him don't worry about it um, <laughs> so, so yeah uh, make sure you guys get in with him um, yeah we're in here talking about National Signing Day if you have any questions make sure you uh, type those there in the chat and we'll make sure we get to those questions but yeah uh, t- tight ends let's talk about it
2: yeah so Brandon Frazier is a guy that I thought was going to be huge this year he got hurt um, early in the season and really wasn't himself almost until the bowl game. I think this kid's going to be a stud. I really do. I think he's got that flexibility like we saw with Lutzenkirchen a few years ago. Right. I think he's a guy that's going to be able to help a lot. And then Landon King coming in from the Houston area, I, we mm. liked him a lot mm. too, even before he was committed. Just thought he was one of the best players in, in that Houston area, and that was a really rich area for players this year. Uh, so, And he knows Demetrius real well, so that's a, that's a plus too. Uh, the other guys are, you know, you know whatever. Luke Deal's solid. Uh, from a solid
1: what do you think i to do with piggies Pagise, yeah
2: piggies is is the guy he's the guy you gotta wonder about um he's got some really interesting skills for a guy his size i just don't know where he fits he's not really a ball carrier he's not really a receiver uh although he can catch the football i, I don't think he's a traditional tight end although he did lay some licks this year probably the nastiest licks laid anywhere uh, some of that stuff in the Ole, in the Ole Miss game was just uh, damn near criminal. If you do that in the real world, you're, you're in trouble. Uh, he knocked that one dude just flat down like a pancake, man. I, yeah, they would have called yeah. that a cockroach back in the day. Uh, so I'd love to see what they can do with him. He's a very intriguing talent, but he was he was signed to be a Wildcat quarterback, and I, I don't right. know if Harson and, and Bobo are going to be doing that. I, I don't know.
3: Right? Who's the flip? Who's the flip? JG?
2: Yeah, I don't know. I we've been trying to decipher that one for a while now. And we've had like four or five guys. We thought it would be him and it didn't end up being him at this point. I think it's going to end up being Dylan Brooks. I mean, he's the uh, defensive end from Roanoke who signed with Tennessee. Uh, when that whole dumpster fire kicked off, he asked to be released from his scholarship. That hasn't happened yet, but if it does, and I think it will, I would imagine it's going to be Auburn. So maybe they kind of have a commitment going there. I don't know. He's obviously, that's not something they would talk about until it was, uh, so it was on.
4: Right. Yeah. Romelo Heights, an interesting one. He was injured last year. He yeah. was another linebacker that was supposed to come in and contribute to us. He was originally committed to Miami and flipped to Auburn late in the process last year. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see how he fits into this new defensive scheme that we've got going. Well, supposedly de- new scheme. We don't, I don't actually know that he's going to be running a three, four. He's run three, fours in most other places that he's been there. Mason. That is um, the assumption is that he's going to do that as well. Uh, but R- Romello height, any thoughts about him?
2: Uh, Yeah, super quick twitch, and I think he's got that ability to be like a Jeff Holland type guy off the edge, which they really, really need. We just haven't had a chance to see him enough. I mean, he missed so much practice with the injury, and he did come back and get some snaps late in the season, but I just couldn't really tell much from it. It wasn't enough work. Um, And then as far as Derek Mason, you know, he was morphing more into a 4-3 look. I mean, well, he was kind of switching between 3-4 and 4-3 last year at Vanderbilt. That team was bad, so it may have been personnel. But he was quoted a few times last season talking about how Things are kind of changing on the offensive side of the ball, and as a result, he was kind of changing his views about he's not going to stay in a 3-4 all the time. So
4: yeah.
2: I would imagine we're going to see some different fronts from them, and, and a guy like Romello who can do a little bit of both. He could be an edge. He can be an outside linebacker. Same thing for TD. I think he's going to play inside a little bit, though. Uh, yeah. They've got some yeah. versatility guys.
4: And that's the thing I actually think I like a lot about the linebacker class that we've got from last year and even the guys that we've signed. We talked a little bit about this before you hopped on backstage. Um, the kid, Joko Willis, looking at yeah. his tape. They have him listed as an inside linebacker, but everything on his tape, he's playing like a slot corner, right? And so that's that makes him a very hybrid type of guy where – you know, he can come down in the box and he can play linebacker-ish, but he still has some corner skills, which means covering running backs out of the... It, it allows you to be very versatile with having the same package on the field, but being able to switch your fronts and coverages. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how they, they they switch that up a little
1: bit. Also, also he played receiver a little bit yeah. in high school, so he's used to playing in space. So I'll be surprised if he gets moved to inside linebacker. I could see him as an outside kind of a
4: and here's another one of those linebackers that we didn't get to see last year wesley steiner i don't even know what happened with him last year really
2: um he he played some i mean he he finished with like 50 snaps maybe for the season and i think just he might be the smartest kid on the entire team uh well he's on a different level if you have a chance to talk to him or interview him sometime he is i mean he he chose auburn over stanford um and he would have gone there as a student uh and gladly, so
4: he could have gone to Vanderbilt and played with uh um with Derek Mason before now. Yeah, he could have absolutely.
2: Um, yeah, I haven't met one quite that sharp since Ashton, uh, who was like a Rhodes Scholar finalist back in the, back in the day. So uh, anyway, Wesley's awesome. Uh, he's going to be a huge uh, benefit for this team moving forward. He's going to be a great locker room guy. Uh, he's not going to be quite the 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 lick layer, I guess that KJ was and that uh, uh, DD was before that, but. I think he's going to be a really good player. Um, so don't don't lose faith in him. He was playing. You know, they kind of had a situation. KJ got knocked out. Uh, Owen and uh, Zacoby were playing a bunch of snaps last year. Right. So he was playing behind somebody that they were going to give 90% of the snaps to. So right. don't get down I on Wesley, man.
4: I, 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 the thing I, I just, I guess I just didn't, I didn't understand. Um, they were already undersized to play inside linebacker. KJ Britt was the middle linebacker for a reason, right? Like he was the downhill um, you know, plugger on the deep, like as, as good as the Kobe McLean is, as good as Papo is, neither of those guys is size wise or even in their instinct against the run KJ Britt, right? Their wills, so yeah. I, I, yeah. I just think that they took a lot of punishment on the inside trying to take on, you know, the double team blocks getting up to the second level um, that made them fatigued when you get to the end of the game. Uh, and and it made it where our defense, we were already kind of slim up front trying to stop the run. But then you have your linebackers getting gas late in games. It just made it for like a compounding and, right. you know, insult to injury type of thing against the run. Then your offense is getting three and outs late in the game. It's just it was just this snowball of yeah. there's no way we're going to be able to stop the run this year. So. Well, Right. Um we got we somebody got ask about JJ Pegues playing halfback or eight back. I don't know if they're going to be using
2: that the same way that Gus did. So we just have to kind of see what needs they have at that position and then see if JJ I mean he's a really good hitter. I just don't know if he wants to be that guy. I don't know.
1: Right. Yeah. Jay Hardy. What about Jay Hardy? Well, Jay Hardy.
2: I like him a lot, man. They're going to need inside guys and he's one that I think has a very high ceiling. He didn't get to play much at all last year. He was banged up and and just kind of young, but I, I think he's probably behind Zeke at this point, but I don't have anything bad to say about that kid. He, he did everything I expected of him last year.
3: Jay, do you think it would be fair to say that based on how the previous staff evaluated talent, that fans can expect that there will be some hidden gems from last year's recruiting cycle that may mm. see the field this year? Right? Are there that, so, that that have they, some
2: specific that, guys in mind?
3: Yeah, I mean, it just seems like there, there might be might be some guys on this team. Uh, uh, you know, I think Hal Presley was already on the team, right?
2: Uh, I, I don't know him personally, so I don't know if he got here, you know, if he just got here in the last two or three months. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's a guy that I expect to be a special teams guy right, out, right off the bat.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And We're yeah. just going to see where he fits in after that.
3: Yeah, I mean, it, it just seems to me that the best guys weren't always making the field. Okay, now that's fair.
2: And right. we get back to Matthew Hill. I mean, <laughs> right. You know, uh, we all know the, that kid a Canyon
1: in the bowl game. I was like, "Who is that? Where has he been?
2: <laughs> we were thinking that too, man.
3: right. yeah, all right. where's this kid been the whole time? so uh-huh. are there any more canyon types right that may maybe didn't see the field at all last year um that uh, they're going to feel like 2021 recruits?
2: Yeah, I mean, so we, we talked about uh, uh, the linebacker Wesley Steiner. I mean he's one. A lot of people don't know you know who he is, like a casual Auburn fan probably didn't even notice he was out there. What about Jeremiah Wright? I mean, another kid that got probably 50 or 60 snaps. Right. They signed him as an offensive tackle, but they love him as a three tech now. And if Derek Mason's going to go to a three, four, he might be a great zero technique guy. Um, Yeah. So that might be a hidden gem
4: right there. um, That jumps out to me. Yeah. Hayden Bridges, Kamal Hayden. Caden was a signee today. Kayden yeah, he's one today. Early signing, um, her early sign.
1: Caden was originally, what, as of last week, committed to South Alabama, was going to head there.
4: And and so when we talked about people flipping, like, I was wondering, like, is this the big flip that everybody was talking about? South Alabama yeah. flip?
2: Yeah, like- I know, man. We were thinking the same thing. Like, UAB or South or Troy. I mean, come on, man. You you, you yeah. do that and you, you move on. You're quiet about it. You don't. Right. Right. Yeah, we're not
4: somebody from South Alabama. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, again, no, disres- no, no disrespect. Disrespect the South, South, South Alabama. Of obviously.
3: course, my, 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 my
2: daughter goes there, so you don't want to disrespect them too much. But uh, yeah, I
3: get it. Yeah, I get got totally. a question here about Cam Riley.
2: Yeah, I don't know as much about him. I, he, again, he was one that I think was miscast, and I don't want to rag on T. Will here because he was his position coach, but Cam was like on the goal line packaged for about the first half of the season and never did anything and I, like, he didn't look like a guy that's going to help on the goal line he's a yeah. thin guy at this point in his career i didn't understand why they had him out there number 35 and i just don't know i, I think a lot of him we kind of know cam we've talked to cam out outside of the uh arena for a few times just kind of run into him around town and he's he's awesome to talk to and we're pulling for him i just don't know where he fits in i mean he's going to be a linebacker for sure and i, I like yeah. him i just thought he was
4: miscast last year see a lot of people asking about J.J. Evans and um, Shale... Good God, I'm going to pronounce this dude's name wrong. Shale Shale. Garnett uh, out here. uh, J.J. Evans was somebody who... His tape, I was really... I loved it last year when I saw... uh, um, He just seemed like a... um, when I, when I look at evaluating wide receivers from their high school tape specifically, I look at a couple of things. Um, they're not going to be super crispy usually getting into their routes, but just like their ability to high point um, the ball if there's going to be a contested catch situation. I look to see if there's guys that can do that. And then I look to see in the open field, um, you know, whether or not they're running away from people, right? Like, because again, I've said this on previous shows, you can't really coach speed. And some people just have game speed, right? Like everybody's not going to be Anthony Schwartz, but some, some people just... You, you, you're not going to like, Jerry Rice was one of those guys uh, My favorite uh, player of all time Jerry Rice was one of those guys who If you clocked him, he wasn't very fast But you just didn't see people catch him In the open right. field once he got past you mm-hmm. And so I just evaluate wide receivers A little differently, saying all that to say When I looked at J.J. Evans taped, he didn't Necessarily look like he was a burner, but he looked Like he was going to be a guy who could Get those, contests, like Seth Williams type Contested 50-50 balls, a big powerful Receiver, we never saw him touch the field um, so I just don't know if that's because Seth was their guy for that, and they didn't need another one. Kobe Hudson got a little plans. I just, I don't know. Um, any thoughts on JJ? I don't
2: really have a strong feeling on JJ one way or another. I mean, I, I think your question, or you, you're wondering about what went on with the whiteouts, and we talked about Elijah Canyon earlier. Where was he? I mean, if he was confident, why wasn't he playing early in the season? Right. I don't have a great answer to that. I just I think do. it comes down to <laughs> Cody.
3: Cody Burns is what happens to the wideouts.
2: Again, he's working for somebody who like, yeah. Yeah, I
1: trust this guy. Let's stick with yeah. him. You know.
3: Yeah. I mean, I I think that uh, wide receiver <laughs> development has been underwhelming in general. <laughs> that's fair. Last, we, yeah. That's yeah. fair. We, we were right, like, we
1: were due we were due for another Gus impersonation. Thank so thanks, dude. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No right.
3: Yeah. <laughs> wide wide receiver probably is. Um, On offense, I think, is going to be one of the uh, greatest opportunities for exponential improvement um, in terms of, you know, route running. Uh, uh, It just seemed like we didn't take advantage of the middle of the field a lot. So I'll be interested to see which guys in this class that they uh, identify as guys who can go over the middle and make a catch. Um, You know, uh, it, it seemed like just a bunch of go routes. Right. You know, or bubble screens or or, you know,
4: quick. Outs. I, I'll say this. And, and this is for me going back and reevaluating some tape from this year. Um, I do know that I probably did not give enough credit to the, the difference in the, the route tree combinations that they were trying to run early in the season. Right. For Auburn this year. I mean, we saw a lot more slants this year. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Some some square end routes that happened. Um. A little bit this season. The issues for me, I think, were number one. Um. The timing was completely off because the offensive line wasn't blocking well early, and so a lot of those routes didn't get a chance to develop. But number two, I don't know that. Um. Bo was trusting his ability to get to a second read a lot. Right. Like he just he 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 just he wasn't composed enough in the pocket to say, okay, this first one's not here. Let me get to my, he was really a one read and go guy. For the vast majority of the season, you saw flashes of it every now and then. I think I talked about it in, in the post game, um, actually, uh, where I saw him go to his second window on a route. Like the route wasn't open at the first window. He 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 pumped it and then he waited for the second window. You just didn't see that a lot. So right. the route tree did evolve. I just don't know that the offense had enough continuity for us to be able to see that develop down the field um, later on into the season. So they simplified it. They they pulled it back and they started trying to go to a more simplistic route tree. So that they could have uh, quick hitters. I just don't know that it was very effective.
2: No, that's something that we criticized Gus for the whole way. I just felt like his passing attack got more str- – he would call it more streamlined. You and I would call it more basic. Mm-hmm. And it was obvious that defenses weren't having a really hard time with it.
5: Yeah. Right. Right. Bottom We're line. Right.
2: Uh, we got So we got a question here from Wesley about uh, Killian Zerer, uh, who's a JUCO left tackle that was – he had an ACL injury last year. Uh, He's back to 100% now. I just don't know what they have in him yet. He looks the part. He's a big, tall, long dude with long arms. But, you know, can he block anybody? Can he drive anyone's butt into the dirt the way that Braden did? I I don't know. Uh, Broham is fine as far as I know. I I didn't think his situation was that bad. And then Council, uh, he had to have surgery on his. And I think he's going to be totally fine for spring. I just think that Brandon Council is going to be better off playing center. That's just my feeling about oh, it.
4: Oh, interesting. I didn't know that, that he had a, a potential to play center. Yes, he,
2: ha- he has played center before, and I think I think he prefers that. I don't know if that's on the record or not.
1: Huh.
2: I think it would be okay. really good there.
4: Coming from one of our subscribers. Uh, oh, we, we will actually talk about this Friday in our facts and all, interestingly enough. But, yeah, Mitch, you can go ahead and uh, yeah, give your feel about it. Mitchell that.
1: will get it early
3: <laughs> yeah. as a member. But, uh, yeah, Devin Barrett. He's, yeah, actually De- with, um, he's actually Brad working with. He's actually working with Brad Lester. Yeah. With
2: Brad Lester, number one from the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what to think about Devin Barrett, man. He's kind of been on, uh, you know, on ice for the last three years. In that, we thought he was a great athlete coming out of high school. We played for Jarris uh, down in Florida, mm-hmm. and very highly rated. And then, like, couldn't figure out what position to play him at. He's been playing defensive backfield, and and bless right. the guy's hard. I mean, he's been trying really hard. He goes to work every day, busts his ass. He's just not been able to break through. And people go. I hate, I hate it when fans are like, "Oh, well, he hadn't broken through. I guess he sucks." Well, you don't right. know that.
4: Yeah, <laughs> right. You don't know
2: that. Um, yeah, just
4: not seeing the field. I, we talked about this on another. Like, just because you haven't seen a kid on the field, like I think people are panicking about the talent. It's like, oh, what are we gonna do? It's like we've got a ton of kids you haven't even seen play. How do you know we don't have talent here? Yeah. You've never watched them play before, and these were highly recruited kids coming into the school. Just give it some time, I, and which is why I don't sense the same urgency that some people do about, oh, we've got to sign a bunch of people in this class. We've got a bunch of kids that's never gotten playing time that can fill some of these holes. There are some very particular spots. Again, offensive line depth, the running back room was thin. Um, I didn't like what we have on I, rotationally on the defensive line. I'm not really sure about, but,
5: yeah.
4: uh, but I, what I do know is that skill positions, we got a ton of them. And so if you're worried about our ability to be able to throw the ball, we've got two or three guys who can do that. If you're worried about how we can catch the ball, we've got like eight guys that can do that. Uh, We just need to figure out what we're going to do at the running back position. I mean, we've got our number one, but if he goes down, who's going to step up and do that? Devin Barrett looks like a guy who could possibly contribute there, but again, we don't really know.
2: Don't really know. I don't know what to tell you about him. I know he's an athlete, and I know he's been working hard. That's all I can tell
4: you. What about This question gets asked a lot. Yeah. a lot. People, right. People. I think there's there's a contingent of people who just really believe in Garnett, and um, and they want to see him get an opportunity to play quarterback. I don't know if that is, um, a a, a lack of trust in Bo Nix that puts it there, or they've just seen something in his tape that says, man, why is it this guy? So I don't know which one yeah. of those it is.
2: I'm I don't know how Shea Garnett's going to break through uh, with Bo here, and and we've already and talked. Davis. I mean, me and Mike G on liking Demetrius Davis. Right. I think he's a dynamic player. I, I, I just I don't know how Shea Garnett's going to break
3: through there. That's... Yeah, you know what? I think the biggest thing is is because the way we evaluate talent is going to change so drastically. Um, what was the name of the kid uh, that um, he was? Uh, I think he was like a tackle or something. But he essentially said uh, one of Parsons' first things he did was reach out to this kid, and he was like, "Yo, I didn't think Auburn wanted me." Because they never, uh, they never, they never reached out to me. Uh, his name is escaping me right now, but he came out. I read the article on it, and he just said, you know, Harson reached out. They're really interested in, and you know, it just seems to me like the way that they're looking at talent has already changed so drastically that I expect a lot of wide open competitions in the spring here, right? So I, you know, this this kid, Shale Garnett, like I, you know, he, he may he may have who knows? Based on how they were looking at talent. Right, uh uh if this kid is has got a legit shot. I I actually am in the small contingent that believes that Bo's experience is not gonna play as big a factor in who starts, right?
4: Um uh, with Harson. I I don't I don't think I it's mean, a lockdown. I, lock I can agree that it's not necessarily his experience that will play a factor in Harson. I think his experience will play a factor in how quickly he's able to adjust um to the speed of the game. Like again, for me, the biggest jump is not for 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 kids coming from high school to college, college to the pros, it's just the speed of the game, right? It's not necessarily the X's and O's. It's just and and Bo learned this in his first two seasons. You're not faster than the defensive ends in the SEC. You're faster than the high school kids. You could run around, but you're not faster than these guys. You have to figure out a better way to play quarterback. Besides, let me be athletic in it and and because you're not that fast, right? But. Where we're going to have to see a kid like Demetrius Davis, for instance, who does have the fundamentals and being able to step up in the pocket. Does he have the arm strength to get it there in a hurry? Does he have the anticipation to be able to deliver it to a guy before that window closes because they're closing a lot faster than they in high school? Those are the things that I think he's going to have to learn. If he can do those things early, then he's going to be a stellar player for right, right? Yeah, it.
1: That's, that's, that's the difference between the kid redshirting and playing right out the gate. How quick they can pick that up Well I just don't think That the mental
3: gap
4: Is as big as you guys Are painting it out to be Honestly based on what I That's not a mental gap though That's that's, that's, So I'm not talking about His ability to to learn X's and O's I'm literally talking about In high school A kid is open For 10 seconds That same window Is 5 seconds in college Right And so when you deliver The pass You need to be able To anticipate that window And throw with anticipation Is he going to be able To do that His accuracy We already see Not an issue Right. Is he going to be able to throw with anticipation and is he going to be able to pick up the playbook quick enough? Right. Because it's going to be a more complex right. playbook more than likely. Or well, they're, they're, bo- well they're, both starting from, they're both starting from zero on the playbook. I understand that. But what I'm saying is Bo has at least <laughs> had an opportunity to learn a new playbook under like he hasn't had to go through that process yet. Him coming in in the spring is going to allow him to do that. I'm just saying if there are six things that he needs to be able to learn, Bo has already learned three of them. Right, And now whether he do, does those three better or not is, is debatable. I'm just saying that that is going to play to his advantage when it comes into just – understanding how to balance out doing school and football that's a whole different thing the kids have to learn how to do that's not the same as high school um just because you have more freedom the social life it's different in the covid environment but i understand that that, that there's there are things bo nix has that are an advantage to him okay and i think that that's going to play to well listen
3: i hear you jay we asked this question on our so i'm going to ask it to you like what do you yeah? Think- whatever you talking about? Let me what? get Jada agree with me. Well, I <laughs> want
0: to hear that Bo is going to fail. That's what you want to
3: <laughs> No, no, that's not what I am saying. Because I am rooting for Bo. I am rooting for Bo. But like, what do you think the chances are that Harson names a starting quarterback at the conclusion of spring practices?
5: Uh,
2: very low. Mm. I just think he's gonna want to. He's gonna want those kids to fight. It's uh, dude. It's gonna be Bo. I mean, barring some cataclysmic failure. I mean, whether. I know that we can sit here and talk about some of the things that he's done wrong and that he disapp- He was disappointing last year. He's still a good quarterback. And yeah, I, agree. I, I, I just think Demetrius would benefit from like a red shirt year, or maybe just like, you know, one year, just kind of waiting around. Bo might end up bouncing next year. I don't know. We'll just have to see. I, I think he's got some of that. I think he's got real ability. And I think Bobo is going to be the kind of guy that can unlock a little bit more out of Bo. That's fair.
1: Yeah. Um, JG, let, let, this question here, I going to rephrase the. I'm going to re- reframe this question okay cuz this is what every auburn fan wants right a championship campaign sure we pride ourselves on being a no sunshine pump zone here all right <laughs> yeah, so so what so here's how I'm going to reframe this question for you realistically what should be auburn fans expectation going into this season or even into spring i,
2: I think if you win 8 or 9 games next year you should feel really good about it um yeah There is a chance that this team could be really good, but they've got to play the portal just right in the next five months, which means you've got to get another tailback. Like we talked about, you need to get a left tackle that you can really roll with. Like somebody you're really comfortable with who can push people around. I don't know if that guy's out there. Maybe he is. Maybe he isn't. If you make a few really shrewd uh, portal moves, this team could be a big surprise next year, but I just, can I? Can we trust Harson to do that? I don't know. We just don't have any track record on that.
0: Right, right, right. But
2: I, I think this team's got a lot of pieces. We talked. Yeah, you guys went through them earlier. Uh, some great skill guys. I love the tailback situation. A quarterback's kind of. But I mean, if if if, if Bubba can get something better out of Bo, that's going to be a fine position. I like him in the defensive backfield. I like the linebackers. Defensive lines, kind of. Eh, that's a spot where you might want to get a three technique or a zero technique, whatever. But again, again, five really good picks on the transfer portal, this team could be in contention, seriously.
3: You, you know, for the last four or five years, we've seen that, you know, the teams that are winning it all, all have dynamic quarterbacks, right? Like, I mean, this seems kind of like the era of really, really, I mean, really good quarterbacks. When was the last time we had a championship with a game manager at quarterback?
4: Uh, probably some Alabama team.
2: Yeah, um, some Alabama teams. <laughs> like, yeah. like, right.
4: like, like like ten I mean, years ago. Last last year, probably apparently McCarran. the Alabama the Alabama quarterback was a game manager. So you know they last year was the last time we saw that.
3: Oh uh,
4: no, he wasn't a game man. He's actually. pretty good. I I'm okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but I, I mean, do we, do we do we all forget the whole pre Iron Bowl thing where <laughs> Bo Nix was like? He manages the game really well for them oh like, yeah we, we oh got that already okay forgot about that it was a, it was
1: a good it was a it was a yeah. good joke it just it just sailed so. I, yeah. it's not, it's
3: not <laughs> a good joke if I have
4: to explain it it's a well, good I, good I, joke if you have
3: to explain I, it. I block out things I want to forget so I wanted to forget that he said that <laughs> but um <laughs> you Know and, and, and to me, you know, this question. The, the uh, and before we move on to this question, I just want to say because we are no sunshine pump zone, and you'll hear me say that more than anybody I else like that life, about you guys, right? But like, you know, um, this idea that we are every year waiting on a miracle, right, is something that I hope Harson can kind of work out of what Auburn has been, right? We kind of joke. You know, but we it might be a championship year because we, we probably won't be ranked in the top 25 coming into the season. And that seems to be okay. when there are no expectations on this team has when has been when, you know, they have produced undefeated seasons in championship runs. You know, and what I'm hoping to see in terms of development is some stability in the way that we coach and evaluate. Right. So that we can just plug the next guy in and go. That's what Auburn has been missing. It's just like whenever we get a Nick Marshall or, you know, a Cam Newton or somebody who's a super, just a freak of nature, we go on a run and the pieces around them are just good enough to allow us to do that. Right. And what I'm hoping is, is, is that, you know, uh, 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 Mac Jones was, I mean, he, I mean, he was the third quarterback in that quarterback room at some point. And he's probably statistically had the best season of all three of them. So I, i I would just say you know like maybe hopefully harson can establish some depth here, right and it's not all about this 2021 re- recruiting class you know you develop the guys that you have in your room right now you take the guys that you did get right you you get at least too deep at, at most of your important positions you know because we've been missing that as well it, how, we're we're sitting here and we're thinking listen, I'm not enamored with Bo, but if he goes down, our season is completely done right that's what it's felt like and i just yeah. like to feel like if one guy goes down the season is not lost well you know? I, on offense right because
2: i right. feel like kevin Steele stacked up his defense pretty well For
1: Sure, that's fair yeah yeah, yeah
2: but yeah. on offense you're right i mean there were some major you had the one stud and then it was like ah, even, with tank.
1: Uh, even with tank even you with tank even with tank yeah
2: we saw that, that was, i mean when tank went down it was like i don't know you know dj is okay and shivers is you know he is what he is and, and
4: yeah and, um, actually i don't know the answer to this question that's up on the screen now where we ended up in the recruiting right we now got him in
2: rivals right now we've got auburn at 43 now i think it's going to go up a little bit when they restructure and stuff they'll probably end up 30th but right
3: guys it's not a great class on paper
2: i mean everybody yeah. they got today was a three star i mean and they've got a whole bunch of three stars in this class so
3: right i've got him at 30 on rivals right now okay very good. yeah so we jumped up into the top 30
1: listen that's for 16 recruits that's not that's not a bad considering where we were what last week
3: yeah. yeah so
1: it's not great but my goodness it was from where we come from
3: <laughs> <laughs> like on, said, i'm, we, I'm we, in we i'm in the, in the process yourself. of uh <laughs> of trademarking that right now so it's coming to- soon <laughs> <laughs> like it. thank you for listening to the war report podcast you can support us by visiting our merchandise store. You can find links to the merchandise store on Facebook and the about section on our YouTube channel. If you would like access to more premium content, visit us on YouTube and click join to become an insider. War Eagle. And now back to more of the show. I, I would just say, you know, uh, you know, the way we have closed out, I mean, we're just over an hour here. Um, you know, so, Jay, I've heard you say a few things tonight. It seems like, you know, you've got a pretty good beat on on you know what's going on with a lot of these kids um you know uh based on some of the things that you have said so far tonight i'm like okay like i could have a drink with this guy and talk about football without wanting to punch him in the face and oh, that's great. <laughs> right <laughs> like i i i would say you know what so we we're, we're waiting on maybe the big flip right but are there any major things in left for them really to do in the portal yeah, man. Uh, there's,
1: there's a g- kid
4: from Michigan That I saw that uh, was possibly uh, Coach uh, P mentioned him. Yeah yeah. Is
1: this the tailback? Uh, He's nah, a defensive a end, end okay. I
4: think. Let I me mean, try to find that
2: Mike G I, uh, I think there's a lot of work Left to be done. Honestly, uh, they're going to Have, what, six spots left Five or six uh, going mm-hmm. into You know, whatever, February and moving on And they're going to have to make some picks out there They're going to have to really get aggressive I mean, look, Miami and Florida State have already done their work and they've right. shown what you can go out and go, go out there and do in the transfer portal. They have racked up. And I wish that Auburn had been able to do that because it's great for business. But right. they just weren't – they were still having to kind of babysit this class and try to figure out and finish out this class where Florida State and Miami weren't having turnover, and they didn't right. have to do with that. So from this point forward, they're going to have to get really aggressive and really scout these guys out and make some shrewd picks. But, yeah, I, I think there's work to be done, absolutely.
3: Right. This question right here. So
4: this became a divi- actually answered this already. Yeah, yes, he did. did.
3: He did. He did. But it, it became a divisive issue on our show because, you know, we were trying to explain to people that, that Harson runs a lot of pro style concepts in his offense. And people were like, oh, he runs a multiple. It's a multiple. Right. You know, uh, so yeah, I think we're going to see some different things. Uh, we have some offensive linemen come on and talk to us about the different techniques that these guys might have to play in some of these different type pro sets. That they're going to be playing in, um, so you know I'm interested to see here that you know he said that Bobo will play call, right? Right,
2: but he's working for a guy,
3: right? Yeah, right, yeah. He said, <laughs> he said no that doubt. Bobo will play call, but you know that has been a thing for us as fans quite a bit about you know head coach meddling in
4: a lot of what's going on offensively. So I, we'll Bobo, talk about this one on the change uh, on Friday, we're going to talk about this one on the screen as well. So yeah. you guys, tune in to Facts and All Friday.
2: Uh, just kind of a non-circuit here. Bobo, to me, is a play caller, and he's a quarterback developer or quarterback yes. coach. I think those are the two things you should expect the most out of him. So when you think about, uh, somebody said over here in your chat about he's no Sarkeesian. Well, no, he he kind of does something different than Sarkeesian. Sarkeesian yeah. is more of an X's and O's, you know, mm-hmm. brainstorm right. kind of guy. I, I think Bobo is better as, like, a quarterback developer. And, hey, man, Auburn needs that because I think there's a lot of Absolutely. potential to unlock with Bo.
4: Well, say, that's I, that's one of the things I've been saying a lot about Bobo is like uh, you can say what you want to about the numbers that he was able to produce at South Carolina. What he knew how to do really well is put a game plan together and put guys who are talented in a position to make plays. Shai Smith was he not the most highly recruited kid in the world, but he was a dynamic guy for South Carolina's offense because Bobo made sure he was going to get the ball in his hands often. Um, That kid, Harris, that was the running back, he realized he's a bell cow. He's going to put him in a position to put the ball in his hands frequently so that you can take some of that uh, pressure off of Colin uh, Hill as the quarterback. Bobo knows how to take a game plan and go execute it on Saturdays. Now, Harson's going to help him put the scheme together and maybe design some of those plays, but Bobo, as the caller of those plays, I think it's going to be dynamic for Auburn with all of the talent that we have available to him. He just didn't have the guys at South Carolina. There was no, like right? one or two guys he could count on, and so— he put the ball in their hands over and over and over again, and made the de- offense more predictable. But I think if you have enough talent, he's going to be able to deploy it in a very unique way that I'm looking forward to. Right?
2: Hey, if you got Sharif Cooper, put the ball in his hands,
3: man. That's what I'm saying.
4: <laughs> right? Absolutely. Exactly. You know what's interesting, and
3: what I'm also looking forward is because the way the way these guys actually evaluate talent, I, I'm I'm kind of um, interested to see how many talented guys we see make position changes. You know, um, Ben Grubbs talked about how. Uh, you know, he started he was in high school he was a defensive player. You know, he yeah. came to Auburn and then he went to tight end, right? And then the coaches told him, you know, hey, listen, man, you you got some good blocks at tight end, like you're you're a crappy tight end, but you but <laughs> you got some good blocks and you know, you make a lot of money. Yax told him, too, you'll make a lot of money if you play guard. And we, know, we all know how that story ended yeah. for him, right? You know, so I, I, I'm I kind of hopeful that, you know, some of these kids, even if it's not their natural, natural position, like Noah uh, uh, Igbenogamy. I don't know if I said his name right. I, was, you, you yeah. got right I always get it wrong. That was right? pretty close. Yeah, wide receiver. And, and now he's making a lot of money in the NFL playing defensive back, right? You know, where those stories seem to have disappeared you know, from from Auburn for a while. And I'm kind of looking forward to seeing what this staff could do, kind of recasting characters, right, They have talent, but, you know, maybe could be more useful someplace else on the team.
2: Makes me think of J.J. Pegues, honestly, but we'll see.
4: Yeah. So somebody said something about J.J. McKee's making the transition to offensive line um, <laughs> at left tackle or something like that, uh, since we were talking about needing that. But this Uzi is one of my favorite commenters out here, so I appreciate him for jumping in all the time. I saw my man Keontae is out here in the comments as well. Shout out to him. Um, I've seen a lot of people. Uh, Daniel, I've seen him out here. Um, Chris we, is we, out here,
1: Chris Bowles. Yeah
4: a lot of people who are Philip is here today so i appreciate all of you guys for for tuning in with us just uh, i'm going to get back to you guys questions but i just want to give them a moment to plug we did have our new stuff that was kicking off um monday we had the uh, the memberships that you could sign up for so that's a thing so if you guys want to support the channel that's available in that way we also had our merch store that launched recently so you can get some of this great uh, war report merch that we out here doing you know if you want to sip out Reserve. of a little war report mug or something like that you know Jay. Look
2: at that merch, man. Nice. <laughs> yeah, merch. yeah, listen. We're
4: trying, we're trying to we're trying to look like a first class operation here, even though we just some guys in our uh, uh, spare bedrooms and stuff out here doing. <laughs> hey, 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 speak, speak for yourself. I'm in my living room. Thank you very oh, much. Oh, my, bad. Okay, <laughs> my bad.
1: Which is this is bad. This is also my bedroom. Con- this is a converted <laughs> office.
4: Thank you very much. Oh, okay. all right, my bad. So, yeah, um, you know, but we're try, trying to look like, you know, uh, upstanding citizens of the Auburn family doing big things. That's good. That's what you guys are doing. I yeah, appreciate that very much. But um, I,
0: I have a one question, question. here.
4: Oh, go ahead, man. I'll go back to the comments here.
0: 22 years on the beach, Yes. Sir. You've seen recruiting transform over the last 22 years by a lot. Like I, we didn't even have recruiting services 25 years ago. And now we've got people measuring guys' talent to, to a number. What has been the biggest change over the last, over the entire time you've been covering college football and what has been what do you think is the most detrimental thing that has transpired in college football recruiting
2: man you just don't have the relationships we used to have um it's just become so corporate almost i mean you know 20 years ago you could just call a kid talk to him i remember there was a quarterback named latrez harrison back in the 90s in uh in atlanta coming out of atlanta and he ended up going to georgia tech or maryland or somewhere like that but I remember like being pretty close to Latrez and and talking to him a lot. And now it's like they all have people, and they've got like some of them actually have a PR person. And it's like it's just gotten so big, man. And and that I don't know it. They're still at the end of the day, they're seventeen and eighteen year old kids, and just wonder if they get celebrated a little bit too much. Rodney Garney's talking about how he has to de-recruit kids, and that it became a, a bigger push, a bigger thing for him as time went on. And and that's something that I've kind of seen too. I don't have to do it. But I can see it coming along like that. That's the biggest change I think for me
4: mm. yeah i um somebody I've seen a couple of comments in here um about the strategy that that used to happen against uh You know Auburn recruiting against Bear. You know back in the day, and what's going to be the new strategy for Harson recruiting against Saban. But did you guys see the video that they put out where um, a recruit was on a Zoom conference call with Saban, right? And they, uh, yeah, they they leaked the video of that, and basically Saban's whole spiel is, "Hey, listen, if." If if you weren't good enough to play here, then why would I be talking to you right now? Don't let these other guys tell you that. I'm talking to you because you're good enough to play here. And the reason that they're saying that is because they don't feel like they're as good as us. So why would you want to go play there? So he's basically allowing the other competition to do his pitch for him. He's like, they've already told you we're better, so you should just come play here. And, you know, I've put more kids in the NFL at linebacker than I've lost games in my career. So
2: People ask me all the yeah. time, like, don't you think Alabama has to cheat a lot to get their players? And I think Alabama has to cheat less than most, I think, at this point, because yeah. the kids, point, it's about it's numbers.
4: Just, when, right. yeah. Why, why do I have rolling. to cheat? We win all the time.
3: Like, no, it's, you, well, you know, it's, it's a common argument amongst the fan base about whether he can, Saban can plug and play coaches because the talent, you know, just kind of runs itself. And I, and I argue against that vehemently. Like, I'm just like, no, actually, they have a system that's proven to develop he is the common denominator and all that, right? So coaches come in and just like you said, JG, I mean, all these guys are working for somebody, right? And I don't think that that can be overlooked. So these guys come in and they've proven that they can recruit and develop. So that's your biggest pitch to any recruit. If you come a five-star, you leave Alabama a first-round draft pick. If you come a four-star, you probably still leave a first-round draft pick. You know, if you come a three-star you know, you may still leave a first round draft pick. That's <laughs> yeah. how well they're doing it. And I, I don't know what better sell you have to recruits.
4: than right. you know, we will, we, we can help you reach
3: your, your we're max basically potential. basically
4: a pipeline to the NFL. You yeah. come here, mm-hmm. you have a chance to go pro. And if you want to go pro, then you can go to some other guy and hope for it. Or you can mm-hmm. come here and, and guarantee yourself. If you play your lights out, you're going to do it. Right? right. That's like the thing. What, who was that? Which, which one of the guys we were talking to, I think it was, um, CT, we were talking to, Courtney Taylor was saying that, you know, uh, if you're on a team that doesn't win any games. Oh, absolutely, then- yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a lot hard. like people are going to dissect your game because it's just like, OK, well, why couldn't you get them over the hump in any of those games? Mm. if you're such a great player. But if you're on a team that's undefeated or you barely lost any games, people are going to look over some of the deficiencies and they're just going to look for reasons to like you, basically. Because right. it's like, well, you contributed to an undefeated season. You got to be talented. Right. And mm-hmm. I mean, that produces a lot of NFL busts, But at Absolutely. the same time, that is really what people want to see. They want winners on their team and right. coach Saban produces winners. Right, in the same right. vein,
2: this is what BP's doing in basketball, okay?
4: Exactly. He yeah.
2: got he got Chuma into the first round. And then he got a one and done. That's mm-hmm. how he's able
3: to get a kid like Sharif. Mm-hmm. That's how he's right. able to get
2: a kid like Jabari yeah. Smith. Proven
3: developer, mm-hmm. right? So the order is, right? Like, <laughs> like you, you come go. in, you here come in, you develop, you develop, <laughs> you develop, you develop and then you develop some more. You win, you recruit, and then you wash rinse repeat. And in that order, but, you know, thinking that you're just going to go out and get all these five-star guys, you know, selling essentially nothing to them, you know, hopes and dreams, pipe dreams, please yeah. believe me. No, that you can't sell please believe me to recruits. Show yeah. it on the field. That's what Emeka uh, Egbuka said when Courtney brought up Auburn. He said, why would I go there? They don't know how to throw the ball. He's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. he's right, I mean it's hard <laughs> to argue with that shop time <laughs> talk about development <laughs> Right. Oh wait wait There's a comment here That I want from a, from a subscriber Let's get used to seeing this I just want to make sure We get that on the screen <laughs> That's
4: all i am oh, uh, We talked a little bit About Wilfrid earlier I just put the comment up Because I saw hey, did the question you, about Did you put
1: this one up too Mike? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, I think you glossed
3: over
4: that one
5: George George, uh,
4: George you're, you're not invited To the cookout
5: George. Oh man
4: <laughs> Shout uh, out to we did talk about forward. Will Friend's ability forward. to possibly get some of those offensive line recruits that we had not been uh, getting in the past. Uh, yes. So right. I think we we talked we touched that a little bit, but I did right. want to put the comment up because he I will saw get it he
2: will get mark my words he will get at least two four star offensive tackles in this next class. Right, absolutely. I'm he's already got that. he's already got four of them interested in Auburn. Uh, like right. in, Auburn's in the yeah. top three, so. Not going to be a huge
4: reach. (laughs) We took a we 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 took a stab at this one earlier. Definitely do believe the early signing period has could taken some of the luster out of today's uh, fanfare. Um, You look at what Ole
2: Miss today. Ole Miss was looking to sign one dude. I mean, and I think that's the what you'll be seeing from Auburn next year. Auburn will get a, the bulk of its work done in December, and this will I mean, be it. A- they're, they're,
4: they're putting – I think they came in and they said to themselves, let me just evaluate what we've got. We're going to mm-hmm. focus on 2022, and they got a, a running start in trying to develop those relationships for the class coming up. Um, people say that they're calling this season a wash. I don't believe it's necessarily a wash. I do believe – that the coaching staff thinks that we have enough talent to be able to do something significant here. And no, I cannot imagine just talking to a PR person. Um, well, there's um, no doubt. <laughs>
1: yeah, no. I talk <laughs> no, to Christy. No, Christy no, no, handles no, 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 that no, no, for me. Listen, you, listen. You you was on the presser with Harson uh, today, and he talked about <laughs> development. One of the things that impressed me, JG, was that he talked about development with coaches. Like, talk about like he he's mm-hmm. trying to do. He's trying to do what Saban is doing across the state in terms of not only developing players, but coaches. How important do you think that is towards getting the machine going at Auburn? That's part of it too, man. I mean, we talk about, Hey, we can get you the NFL.
2: We've got five guys that have million dollar contracts in the NFL. Now that's a big part of it. But another part of it is look at these coaches that have worked here. They've now, they're now coordinators in the NFL, position coaches in the NFL. You've got friendly faces. They're going to see you in the draft after the draft that's right. something else that Alabama can push, too. And, and I mean, you need to learn from Alabama. You don't have to sit there and be in awe of them or be scared of them, but you got to see how they put it together. That's a big part right. of it, too. So I think right. that's part of what Harson's talking about. Listen, man, the bottom line is, and I know I'm going to have to make everybody take a shot on here. Mike G's going to owe me, but it's, it is about development, man, and it's not just players. It's coaches, too. Yeah. And the and more great. successful everybody is, the more money people make and the more willing these kids want to come and get part of that uh, bandwagon.
3: You know, when we talk about Cody Burns, because this is something that we've talked about uh, recently, is I think that there's an assumption that when a coach gets hired, that coach is already at the pinnacle or the precipice of, of their abilities as a coach. And the truth is, is that having a system that develops coaches as well as it develops players is just as important. It is, know, but so, they
2: don't pay as much attention to it, I don't think.
3: Right. right. You know, I, I thought that that was Most Cody's issue. I think he got put in a bad situation, you know, where he needed more development as a coach. Yeah, than, I can see that. You know, then uh, uh, he was going to get under the previous administration. He's down at UCF now, so I really hope he gets that because you know he he's an Auburn guy. It's really it was really hard to you not rooting against him. Do they I have head coach, at a head coach at UCF? What's that? Is there a head
1: coach at UCF right now? I don't know. I don't think there is. Yeah, yeah. Right, uh, I don't the guy know. that you know, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised I feel, now to see I feel there. Bad for Cody.
0: Who's that? <laughs> Unless it's Gus.
2: Ha, you right. might be headed down there. Sure. I mean, it makes sense. I'm just saying. Yeah, That
0: would be the
4: worst thing beer. to happen to Cody. They got some athletes? You yeah. <laughs> know I mean, yeah, what I'm saying?
1: You, I feel sorry for Cody. If UCS
4: picks him up, does that mean that, that he can give us some money back? Like, Is there like a clause no. where if he gets another job? I don't think so. I don't think so. <clears> no, that's man. Just, he's holding on to that 21. That's just how bad
1: of a contract that was. I think Sexton...
4: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. We 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 are we are cl- we actually we're over time I'm, I'm going to sneak one more, two maybe two more questions in here. Run pass balance and, uh, for the season uh, coming up under the new regime, what are you guys feeling? I mean, I, it's I think balanced. it's going to be a pretty balanced offense based on what balanced. I've seen. <clears throat> uh, I probably 60 a little run. more run heavy just yeah. on the personnel. Uh, like you, you have to give tank. Like yes. if if you have questions about your quarterback, then you've got to ride the running back, right? Like, right. and I do believe that our offensive line um just from looking at the production from last year, is just better at run blocking. Like they're just better at it. The pass blocking is just not a strength of the line. So if you're gonna if you're gonna have an issue with being able to keep it blocked up for your passing attack, just go out there and maul some guys and let your um, you know, Heisman caliber running back go out there and do what he does. Uh so I think I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that next season. So I, I if I were to guess, I'd say we're probably fifty five, forty five, sixty forty um run to pass. Yeah um right. next season.
2: 60-40, forty. I'll go with that.
3: Yeah, for yeah. sure.
2: Uh, question here: Caesar put up. I guess. Uh, what does JG think about the quarterback commit for twenty twenty two? That is uh, Holden G. I don't know yeah. his, how to how to pronounce his last name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of him. Uh, he's a three star right now, but we haven't really gotten serious at rivals about the twenty two kids just yet. I think he'll be a four star guy. Uh, got a lot of arm talent. Not a great runner necessarily, but you don't have to be. Um, I think he's going to be a good one, and I think they got in early on a. Uh, kind of like a Jared Harper situation where Auburn picked up Jared Harper when he was a low three-star in basketball years ago when he was just some dude at Pebblebrook and uh, ended up being a real stud. Uh, I think that that's uh, where this Holden G kid uh, kind of fits in. He'll be on the Ascension. Awesome.
4: All right, well, we are definitely over time. Does anybody else have any other questions for Jay before we let him get out of here and uh, get on with our nights? No, sir. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you very much. That's a
2: pleasure here. I mean, I I appreciate you guys taking the time to uh, actually to invite me, first of all, and just let me speak my mind. Appreciate it.
4: Hopefully
1: this is the first of many.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I'm here, man. I'm here for you. Sure. All right. Well, uh, we are about to get out of here Uh, before we leave. Of course, we already talked about this earlier. You all can. If you want to, you can support us by uh, getting a hold of one of these YouTube memberships. We've got two levels. Uh, We've got some new stuff that's going to be dropping out there for you uh, coming up again on Friday. We've got the next facts and all. But if you go ahead and sign up tonight, you'll get a chance to see that a little early. We've got the interview coming up with uh, who is it that we got Monday, Mike? Chris Chris Todd. Chris Todd is dropping Monday. If you sign up early, you can get the Chris Todd interview a little early. So uh, that's going to be coming out here for you guys really soon. Of course, you can support us by going to the GoFundMe, you know, saying you could just go over there and just give us money. You know, just decide you want to throw money in our direction. We'll take it. No lamp dances will be uh, provided. Um, and then, of course, you can support us by getting some of this uh, merch that we have in this here merch store. Um, in, in case I haven't made it abundantly clear, the hat that I am wearing tonight, the blue cap with the white lettering, that is something I just did for myself the ones that are on the store are the blue and the orange. We may do something later with the blue and the white, but hey, it's just for me for right now. Anyway, uh that's all we got. Uh Caesar, what's up, man?
1: Guys, continue to comment even afterwards. Uh you know how we do. We we build community. We're going to respond to the comments even afterwards, guys. So whatever you didn't get to say live, say it afterwards. We will respond and, and chop it up with you. And that's that. Uh signing off Guys, you can follow us, like and subscribe, of course, to the uh, to to us on YouTube. Uh, Also, you can follow us at the War Report on Twitter and Instagram, and also we're at TW Report at TikTok. This is Caesar Walker signing off with the fellas and JG Tate, and as always, War War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle.